0: It's school is now in session. Welcome to Homeschool Podcast. Homeschool. The Homeschool Podcast. Why? Because it was homeschool. It's time to document the journey. And welcome back to Homeschool Podcast. Penny <laughs> P in the building. Uh, <laughs> hello, you know, hello, hello. We just barely hit record <laughs> on the audio, but we just. We just started. We we were having a pretty good little chat on shitting on cruise comics. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But but all that. If you do it, you're a sellout. sellout Sellouts, all of you. (laughs) So you're only if you want to get that, you're only going to be able to get it on YouTube. So you got to go subscribe on YouTube and watch the whole video. But uh, anyway, official audio podcast starts right now. My guest today is Benjamin Putz, uh, a comic that uh, him and I have worked together twice already. Uh, mm-hmm. each time I go back to Nebraska, I've gotten uh, to have you open up the shows which has been a pleasure and uh, it's always a pleasure hanging out with you. I enjoy your company. Um, mm-hmm. love really quick before we get into it, I want to plug my next dates. guys, this episode when this episode comes out, I'm already in your town, Boston, Massachusetts. all right. I got one show in uh, Worcester on the seventh. It's October seventh Friday. And then the next day, Saturday, October eighth, I am in Foxborough, so uh, I'm actually performing at Patriots Place, right outside Gillette Stadium. It's going to be rad. I'm pumped. So uh, get your tickets. This is the week. It's the it's the last opportunity to grab your tickets, and tickets are available at HomeschooledPod.com or AugustinoComedian.com. And then um, I just added to my calendar. I'm going to Vancouver, Washington. And that is going to be uh, October 29th. It's, it's the Saturday before Halloween. Vancouver, Washington. It's technically a suburb of Portland, Oregon. So everybody in that area, this is going to be the only time this year I'm in that area. So come out. And um, I just added that to the, today. I just added that date. And then after that, I'm going to uh, Memphis, Tennessee. I've got... Uh, uh, fuck what the fuck date is that oh it's december 3rd <laughs> anyway guys go to the website <laughs> augustino comedian.com homeschoolpod.com i hope to see you this weekend oh, yeah. in, uh, in massachusetts uh ben yes all right dude so yeah we were just getting into so we were talking about like cruise ships and and the different mm-hmm. places that where you will find a comedy show and we were saying how the environment that you put a comedian in is as important as the comedian. And the last couple of times we did shows in Nebraska, we're doing breweries, which I think they go pretty well. Yes. It's not like your typical bar show. At least I try it for it not to be.
1: No, it isn't. I would say like from the bar shows around here, it definitely that those shows that we did, the breweries feel a little bit different like we you you, we meet the level of the brewery kind of meet them halfway kind of thing like just giving them a tip of the hat like we get this kind of feels weird in this open space right but let's all just come together right now
0: yeah everybody tries to do a comedy show at a bar which like you said i'm sure in nebraska you get really good at doing those because it's it's pretty much like the only options yeah um but i try to take the comedy club to the bar as opposed to here's a comedy show while you're hanging out at our bar which i feel like is a lot Mm -hmm. of bar shows and then you've got guys that are just sitting at the bar maybe they're loud maybe they're chatty and then i hate when a comic like gets mad at them you know yes yes they're always just like oh you know you're talking over my punchlines," or saying something like that it's just like no dude you're talking over his fucking story <laughs> he came yes. to the bar to get drunk after work with his buddy he didn't know yeah. it was comedy night you know
1: yeah and what those the people who get mad at that what i want to say is there's a
0: way to get those
1: guys on your side you can not everyone but there's a way if you know what you're doing oh, to yeah. get the bar to give a fuck about you for a second and maybe they'll come watch yeah if you're just nice to them a
0: hundred percent yeah and if you're just first of all just ignore them and do your absolute best for entertaining people that are paying attention and mm-hmm. if if you're if you're funny they're probably gonna say like hey let's go check these guys out that, that guy was pretty funny let's go listen to like actually give him a listen um mm-hmm. And then if, if they don't, then they don't. Leave them be. They're having their conversation. Like, I'm sorry it's loud, but you decided yeah. to perform in a bar, and that's why you take bar shows is yeah. to deal with that shit. Like, it builds yeah. the skin. Yeah, um, get a little bit of grit in your gristle, you know? 100%, dude. Yeah, you, you know, bro. So, yeah, yeah. I just – by the way, like, I found that w- whenever that happens, I go up and say, like, to the people who – to those people, I go up and say, like, I'm sorry. You guys are – I say yeah. what I just said. <laughs> like we guys just got off work you wanted to have a drink and you know you didn't know there was gonna be a comedy show like don't mind me like i feel like that wins them over more than anything
1: yes just someone being like i realize you're also annoyed because don't get me wrong i'm also annoyed that they're talking as a comedian but you just have to have the level of self-awareness to go oh no one forced me to do comedy no one's forcing me to be here i'm choosing to be in this situation
0: Right, like, yeah, and I'm not mad at them, like, at all. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, like you said, like, I, I, do I wish that you weren't talking? Yes. <laughs> like, yes, I wish, of course. I wish you were a little quieter and your whispering skills were a little better. <laughs> but like, if you had any type of self awareness, that you know, maybe no. I shouldn't yell. But you know, I can't get mad at you. Mm-hmm. Now, when you go to a comedy club, then you're in the wrong.
1: That's and, the that's yeah. that's the best part when you're in a club. What's that like, dude? when you're in a club and you get to be like, no, I'm actually the boss here.
0: Well, you know, I never really try to make anyone feel like shit and I don't want to necessarily I don't want anything to escalate to something bigger than it should be because mm-hmm. I've seen comics like just attack on people the second they said anything. so I really do try to just quickly. I think it's, you can't really ignore it because that also ruins your show. Um, if it was so obvious, if it was subtle, sometimes you could just pretend you didn't hear it. But sometimes if it's so obvious you can't ignore it because that's weird. Yeah. So I try to just quickly go like, boom, boom, shut them down, like fast. Mm-hmm. Not even not in an insulting way, just a quick line. And yeah. then if they keep doing it, then I'll start to get insulting mm-hmm um but yeah that that's a but it is a great feeling when you're in control and you're in power and if i i think that you have a little bit more confidence to come up with fast shit because, yeah because you know that any moment you can be like get them out and they'll throw them out <laughs> it's great <laughs> you're like i have
1: my hand over the button dude this just is a matter of if we're gonna have fun or not getting there you know
0: yeah yeah i i was in canada and I had this lady that was sitting front row, and it was a packed theater. It was like it was like uh, two hundred people. Honestly, it was like almost sold out. And this lady in the front row was just talking the whole time, and just ruining the show. And I eventually like went pretty hard on her and said some pretty mean things about her and stuff. And uh, she was so weird, dude. Like she would hear something that she agreed with and turn to me and be like, "Oh my god, you're so funny!" And like go to like fist bump me. And then she would hear something that she didn't agree with, and she would literally turn her chair so her back was facing me, like just a child about it. And then she, when she got to be too much, I said some mean things, and and we were we were in Canada, and I forget how it I forget how it came up organically, but it was something about Canadians. And and uh, she's like, I'm like, I thought Canadians were supposed to be nice, and she's like, I am not. She's like, we are nice. And I'm like, yeah. I go, <laughs> I, I, I forget the exact line, but I said something like, but one out of two hundred people in a comedy show is a bitch or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd just went ape shit. Isn't that the best
1: moment? That to yes. me is like when a comedian gets. That's a rare like rock star moment. We get so few times where I think we get to feel as cool as rock stars, yes. but when that happens, we get to be like, and I'm actually good at this.
0: Yes, and the crowd likes me more than they like you.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Which I think audience members who decide to heckle don't realize that. They think that mm-hmm. they're a part of team audience and you're a part of team stage. And yes. then they think, like, if they yell something out, team audience is going to have your back. And it's like, no, bitch. Team audience has my back. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> like, and that's why bar shows are important, so you can get used to when the audience doesn't have your back yes, and <laughs> at yes.
0: all. Yeah, but most of the time, like, the audience want. If you're a good comic, the audience wants to hear the material that you prepared. And if mm-hmm. someone keeps stepping on the punchlines or stepping on your your performance in the wrong place, the audience is going to get frustrated, too. And as soon as you, like... Shut them down. The audience loves it. They love it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden those people realize like, oh shit, there's 200 people that don't like me and they get Mm -hmm. really embarrassed. So they're either shut up or they'll get worse. Mm -hmm. Women tend to, I I don't really mean to stereotype (laughs) all women and shit on them, but women tend to not handle being embarrassed very well and they won't get the hint to stop. They will actually get worse. Mm -hmm. they'll like oh you think i'm a bitch well then i'm gonna own that shit like that's yeah (laughs) you know that's. i'm gonna live up to
1: all the stereotypes right now
0: (laughs) a hundred percent like that's what they do uh yeah
1: or they'll Uh, just leave they'll just leave i've had the i've had the run-ins where like they they won't stop talking and that is normally what i get from them you know like females normally are more likely to do that but then i think on the flip side of that I've had guys who are more likely to just be like, I'll just beat you up. Like, I'll just kick your ass. Yeah. That might be more of a Nebraskan thing, but, like, that's been, like, the fun difference. Like, yeah, please keep talking. I'd much rather you ruin these five minutes than a dude coming up here and decking me in the face.
0: I've definitely had guys heckle, but usually when you make them look dumb, they shut up pretty quick yes
1: i think nebraska just has too big of a percentage of uh guys who are like wait a second now i gotta yes. defend my honor yeah yeah,
0: yeah 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 man uh i've had i've had guys just yell random shit or just start mm-hmm. you know because they're drunk it's usually because they're drunk yeah with women it could be either one it could be that they're drunk or they could just be stone-faced sober and that's they're they're, they're 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 just yeah. how they are
1: yeah they 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 don't know they don't understand the social like I think in those moments they've gotten away with being able to just be upset you know because mm-hmm. I feel like if you get upset in most situations you don't have someone who's professionally funny like yourself you know yeah. who's gonna be able to make this look really bad for you yeah. and so they just it's like they don't most people even dudes who heckle don't know what they're getting themselves into
0: yeah man and I I hate how they're like uh. I just lost my train of thought. It'll come back. Anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, um, yeah, so I hate how they're they're like fucking just completely. I remember what I was going to say. Sorry, never mind. Uh, I, I hate when comics go too hard
1: mm-hmm.
0: for no reason. Like somebody will say something that could have been handled better. Yes, they shouldn't be talking at a comedy show, but they'll go like, you fucking cunt like right away. <laughs> You know, and it's yeah. like, whoa, even the audience. That's where the audience isn't on your side anymore. When you were mean for no reason, like mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily escalated yet. And you just went hard too soon. Like, I don't like to do that. So I do like to just hit them quick with like comebacks and then, and then quickly go back to my set. Um, I was doing that one time and the girl kept saying something. Every five minutes she would interrupt something and I would keep boom, just insulting her in the crowd. She just keeps going nuts. And then the table next to her goes in a helpful way. Like, just stop talking, she says to her. And, like, yeah. you know, he's not going to go after you at all if you just don't say anything. Yeah. And she took that as, like, an insult and started a fight with the table next to her. Like, yo, you want to go down, bitch? Like, the manager of the club, who's an older guy, had to come over and, like, break him up. She pushes him down. <laughs> yeah like it, it's just there's, there's nightmare like just garbage people like, like that um
1: yeah. yeah but it's also a good parallel to humanity like you're saying with the audience because most audiences i think will take the sight of who's ever right you know mm-hmm. there's situations that we all like know like when someone's heckling in the comics too mean yeah. and they're like no we're not following with you that's the correct response
0: yeah you yeah. know like they just heckled they didn't they didn't say like your mom's a piece of shit they just heckled like something stupid they yelled out something stupid and you went (laughs) next level Mm -hmm. you know you got to save those for when they cross the line like make let them cross the line first Mm -hmm. yeah man um i've actually like i'm worried about i i I actually did a podcast about this last week um i'm worried about hecklers are growing worse in the new generation of comedy that we have because hmm. i've noticed that a lot of professional comedians and this is what the this is, this is what it was about last week my episode was about reels like stand up mm-hmm. reels are everywhere like every comic has a thousand stand up reels because mm-hmm. you realize that that's a, a a way to get views and people to see you so yeah. you have a bunch of comics who are not seasoned or too new like the joke's not done yet or they're not ready yet and they're putting themselves <laughs> out there too soon
1: yeah, so Me my friends send those to each other back and forth being like I can't believe this person this joke is not ready to be anywhere yeah, and they put it out
0: they're putting it out yeah and then the all the other side of that is you have professional comics who are only releasing crowd work reels. Mm -hmm. because they don't want to burn their actual good material. So when you go see them in person, they're like, oh, I heard this joke online already. So they're just posting their crowd work, which is like a lot of professional comics are really good at crowd work. They actually are Mm -hmm. funny videos. Um, But I think that it's training an audience, our next generation of audience, that it makes for a better show to heckle.
1: Uh, I, I can see that. I can see that, and I agree to some extent, but I also think that crowd work to the next generation, That I, I view that as almost like a new subgenre of comedy, almost like alt-comedy, where like, I think audiences are actually getting educated in learning how to find what they want. Because I think a lot of people who will go watch a crowd work show or a comic who does a lot of crowd work are not necessarily the same stand-up nerds that, like, I'm sure me and you were, where we watched every special and dissected jokes. Yeah.
0: No, I think you we know? definitely have a, a, a more educated audience than ever with stand-up. Yes, so Thanks to yes. YouTube, Rogan, and other social media, um, 100%. And and w- so, yeah, when I say crowd work, like, you know, you have your Andrew Schultz uh, guys or mm-hmm. – yeah, or, uh, off the top of my head, I couldn't what, – what's the other guy, Big J uh, – Big Jay Okerson, shout out Mike Falzone.
1: I have a pal, Mike Falzone. He's he's does a whole show about crowd work, but he's a out of L.A. He does, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I know a couple guys like that too, and like it is an art form of its own. It is a craft Mm -hmm. that is not easy to be good at, and I think that if you have that tool, it's great. If that's your act, that's your act, and and then Mm -hmm. also you have this tool. If you are a comic that sticks to your material. That you can go to crowd work if you have to. I think it's if you're good at it or how to handle hecklers. I think it's great. But specifically, like I, I'm not shitting on people that do crowd work at all because I do think it's oh, yeah. not easy, and I think that they're really very good at it. It is an art form of its own. I am saying that like they're posting videos of handling hecklers. I should say.
1: Oh yeah, when I I don't like when it's phrased the the clip like. Uh, bio or the the caption is like heckler owned or like
0: yeah 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 heckler speaks up
1: immediately regrets it it's like that's it's weird it's almost like it's as cringy as like when ben shapiro would post like woke liberal pussy destroyed on campus it's like that's it's funny, but like it's yeah. also just like nothing at the same time. Yes, yes, yes.
0: No, when I say it's funny, I'm saying it's funny that you brought it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, dude, like yeah, they'll they'll post like those reels of them and it, and then it'll it'll be subtitled and it'll be like the comics with the comic's saying and then it says like in a little smaller font, it'll be like audience member yelled out this and then it's just boom, a brilliant comeback and it shows you <laughs> that you came up with it fast and it, it, and it was funny and the crowd went nuts. Yeah. Like It's a great video. It's, it's a great reel and it's funny but if you have like an uneducated audience or the next generation of people who are going to attend live comedy, they'll think that's what comedy is because yeah. like, they either have Amateurs releasing jokes that aren't done yet, or they have professionals that know what they're doing that are releasing heckler videos. So they, they're going to show up and go like, oh, I saw this video of this, guy, of this comic that made it so funny when the audience yelled out. So I'm going to yell out, and maybe mm-hmm. it's going to make the show good. Like, I am concerned with, uh, with that.
1: I might, be, uh, I might be a hopeless optimist, but I, as like especially as a comedian in Nebraska who's like, no one knows me. And, like, it's, I, I don't have a stand-up career. I do this comedy thing because I love comedy. I just love it so much. And so I view that as a cool thing because that means if those people come to my show or they come to a show and they see me in, like, just my local scene, that means I'm given the opportunity to educate that audience who already has an interest. They're there because they know they like something about stand-up because they saw it on TikTok or reels (laughs) and now i get to be like this is actually how it is it's like actually if you talk during it at first i'm gonna be nice but if you keep it up i'm gonna make fun of you and do the thing that you think is fun but when you're the person being talked to it's not gonna feel the same way that you felt when you saw someone else get owned
0: i see what you're saying yeah you're, you're uh you're looking at the glass half full I'm looking yeah, at yeah. Empty, but yeah. I also I also see
1: your point too cuz I do think it will lead to an increase of people doing that. Right. I do think that is going to be the outcome is people are going to come to shows feeling like being a part of it is kind of their job.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? You're hoping that people are going to see what it looks like to be embarrassed and owned by a, by a comedian and they've just it will it will discourage them to do it which I, I think that's a great point and and i think and hope that you're right i just don't yeah. have a lot of faith in the masses of being intelligent to pick up on that <laughs> yeah and honestly if it, it could all go to shit too you know it could
1: who who knows yeah. i i'm just i'm just here to fucking enjoy whatever's
0: next i i try to put like one reel a stand-up reel out a week mm-hmm and um i don't want to overstay my welcome with too much stand-up reels i feel like there's already too much out there mm-hmm. i don't want my whole feed to be that so i'll do like one of uh, something else a podcast or cooking or my movie mm-hmm. review show and then one of them's a stand-up thing and then the other one so i just try to do like one a week and just not yeah. go overboard and, and and when i do i I haven't yet released any crowd work one. I actually do have a video of something I go... I, th- I said to myself, like, maybe I should release this mm-hmm. because this is actually kind of funny. That I was doing <laughs> a show, and this guy yells out, like... I, don't, I forget why, but he yelled out, you're dreaming right now to me. Like, it wasn't a m- mean heckle. He was, like, yeah, responding yeah. to something I said on stage. And he said, you're dreaming right now. And my response was, like... uh if this is my dream that's pretty fucking pathetic and I I said like I said like no offense to you guys, you guys are a great audience I was like, but if if this was my b- dream I' would be like I'd be at like the Wilbur right now with Seinfeld opening for me you know what I mean? dude I think you gotta I think that I both
1: post it I think post that's it. awesome dude because it's like it's one of those rock star moments yeah that like it's one of those things where we can't stop the bad comics. Not that ba- I shouldn't say that. That's a very negative way to say it. But the yeah. newer comics who are posting jokes that are too... Are just not ready to be posted. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're not the bad. The flip side of just it. Not, it's, they are not ready or the bit's not ready. And they don't realize yeah. that that's... We're not trying to shit on you or I'm trying to help you because you're...
1: And they don't see the value of jokes that you shouldn't just be... put. Yeah. Like, if you have a joke that you're really proud of, it's, if you're... What you're getting out of that is an Instagram reel and that's it. Yeah. You're not viewing it as more valuable than that that's yeah. a little bit like maybe your perspective in stand-up is a little warped
0: mm-hmm. i mean when i go to certain towns like for example the first time i went to nebraska i asked the you know i, I forget who gave me your name originally but every walsh. comic what's that tyler walsh did oh it was tyler, tyler walsh, walsh with the hookup okay, yes yeah, so shout out tyler walsh
1: also a great oh uh, a yeah, him comic.
0: too and somebody gave me his name mm-hmm. and before I'm actually reaching out to you guys, I am going online and seeing if I can find any videos. Because I'm not going to just mm-hmm. blindly give away spots if I don't think you can handle the, the work. And what mm-hmm. these these newer comics aren't realizing we, is that...
1: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: That's what's happening with bookers. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if I go to your page and I see that you're an amateur, I can't give you a paid gig.
1: I've never thought about this, but that's so wild. That <laughs> <Yeah>. is <laughs>
0: like you know i know you want to go viral on tiktok but like i yeah. was about to offer you an mc job and i can tell that someone can or can't mc like your energy yeah. you know i'm not saying that you have to be high energy for me to book you but i am saying like i can tell an amateur's energy mm-hmm. you yeah know, so
1: and you and you, and it it's like a, I I I love nfl football uh, i don't know if you watch you watch football at yeah. all? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. So, like, you know, have you ever heard football players talk about, like, when the game slows down?
0: Um, I don't think so. It basically is just
1: this idea in professional sports that, like, you do this thing, you're kind of so intensely, you know? And at one point, it's very hard, and it's all there, and it's chaotic, and you might even be good at it, but you don't know why you're good at it. You're just an athlete, and you're going through it. That's like the college.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And then you get to the NFL level, and they're like, the game actually slows down. You oh, actually yes. relax I've heard and this see guy. everything. Yeah, and I feel like it's similar with stand-up in that way, too, where like these newer comics are starting, and even if maybe they are funny in their clips, maybe they have a clip where they are getting laughs, they don't realize that someone like you could watch that clip, and even though you hear that they're getting laughs, they're not getting the kind of laughs that an MC would get. You know, They're not getting the type of laugh that a well-crafted joke it's it's more like they captured a moment where maybe they got lucky yeah you know
0: yeah no i i 100 agree yeah you can actually like see what's going on it's like it's like that <laughs> that bill burr bit when he said that they used to do coke back in the day like the athletes used to do coke and he's like yeah i, I see the ball coming right at him like i can see every stitch <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs>
1: exactly that is exactly it you know yeah, yeah, and, but it is. It, well, that's the world we live in, where people. It's like it's people are realizing. I think more and more people are realizing that it's your own personal responsibility to like be self-aware and have a personality, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's with the internet involved.
0: And I hope that people realize that whenever I say anything like this, I'm not shitting on you at all, and saying that you're not a good comic or you should quit or not be a good artist. I never yeah. will just give you a, a bad review. I will give you a bad mm-hmm. review with how to fix it. Like, yeah. And I'm not saying that I am in any position to give anybody advice, but I do have nearly 14 years of experience and I've seen it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. am telling, like, I, I'll, I, it, any, con- it'll all be constructive criticism. Any criticism yes. is going to be constructive. I'm not going to be like, dude, that's not funny. I'm going to be like, here's why and here's how to fix mm-hmm. it. Or like, bro, you're not funny. Don't post shit. Here's why you shouldn't post it because it's yeah. not ready and you're going to miss out on opportunities when somebody sees it like yeah you know it's it's, i'm just trying to be helpful and i hope that people take it to heart you know
1: well the the people who take it to heart are the people who want to do it and the people who don't take it to heart are the people who want a hobby and that might be a little blunt to say i think both is beautiful you know it's like if you want to treat stand-up comedy as like a fun hobby the way some people do dance or rock wall climbing or Anything like that, that's not why I'm in it, so let's not pretend like we're doing the same thing. Yeah. But if that's what you get out of it and that's enough for you, that's I'm great. so happy.
0: I'm glad you found yeah. something that makes you happy, and if you can continue to do it, and if you're not particularly good at it and you still just want to put your videos out, that makes me look r- that much better. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's also it's also helping. yeah, <laughs> in a weird way.
1: Yeah. Oh, how long man. have you
0: been doing comedy, Ben?
1: I've been at it three years now.
0: Three? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um you yeah, I'd say you're you're far along for where you are because the first time I saw you you were only at it too. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and I can already watch I already watched you and said like this guy's going to be fine. You know, mm-hmm. like like I I felt confident having you do the opening spot.
1: Yeah. Um, because and I love the opening spot, dude. You do? <laughs> yeah. Most people hate it,
0: bro. It's a hard spot. It's a fucking hard spot like you give that spot to the I'd say the person who's has the least amount of experience right because that's how you grow up the ladder
1: one second can you say what you just said one more time
0: um, my oh yeah I was saying like they give that hosting spot that mm-hmm. which essentially is a cold open spot yeah uh, they give that spot to usually the one who's the least experienced on the show that's how you climb the ladder is you start yeah. hosting and then you get bumped up to featuring and then you get bumped up to headlining and it they do that as if emceeing is the easiest job it's not it's not no it, it is a very hard job you're setting the tone for the show you're setting the expectations of the audience if you're an amateur and not good the whole time the audience is thinking, is the whole show going to be like this? And then the next comic is going to have to pick up the pieces. Um, it, it's a, it, it's, and you only have like 10 minutes, 10 mm-hmm. to 15 minutes. And that's not a lot of time because you got to do your material, but you can't just do your material. You got to no. like, ease into the material, you got to like, warm them up for you.
1: Mm hmm. I, I mean, it, this is actually a great example of this, is literally the show we did uh, in Omaha. Like, my host set from the, not Omaha, I apologize, the Lincoln one we just did.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Because, uh, like, the host set for that, I started, and I do a chunk of Christian material up top. And two minutes into my Christian material, I realized this audience just does not want to hear any jokes about Christianity. Like, it wasn't even like a some people laugh, some people didn't. It was a very much almost across the board, no one wants Christian material. And I'm thinking through my set while bombing yeah. to open up, oh, I got to scrap the next five minutes of Christian jokes because this is going to put, this could tank the whole show. Yeah. So I just skipped right to another section of my set, got a bunch of laughs, and moved on. It's like, that's what you have to do as a host, is it's not your job to do like a set it's your job to like warm this night started
0: yeah it's your job to warm them up and it's very difficult to go out there cold into your material Mm -hmm. because they're not even warmed up for you and you're just doing your material and uh yeah i mean that that was a weird night to be fair even by Mm -hmm. the time i got up dude they were still picking picking and choosing which things they wanted to hear like, mm-hmm. there were subjects for me, too, that they just... And it's not even dirty. Like, there were just certain yeah. subjects they just didn't want to hear about. They were just like, next one. And then you would hit something <laughs> that they liked, and they would just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, And then all of a sudden, nothing again. Yeah, um,
1: honest before.
0: That was one of those shows, though, where afterward, you realize everyone had a way better time than you thought because mm-hmm. they, they just weren't big laughers. Um, that might have been because, first of all, high ceilings, the laughs were going up and not at us. Also it was well lit so they can't hide from their laughter. Mhm. You know and and everyone can see each other and and that's a huge part of comedy. People don't realize comedy clubs are dark, low ceilings and people and and packed. So yeah. some things will kill a comedy show when it's not packed and they're spread out seated everywhere. Um if it's li- if it's light and they can see mm-hmm. each other's face and high ceilings. So if if they can see each other's face that means that when you laugh, everyone can see what exactly you laughed at, and you're mm-hmm. afraid to be the only person that laughed at it. So everyone's going to judge you and know the type of shit that you thought was funny as opposed mm-hmm. to like a dark room or a crowded room. Everyone just all kind of laughs in unison because we're all – no one's going to know where it came from, you know? Yeah, yeah.
1: At the end of the day, comedy is best in its most seediest form, you know? Like wow. seedy basement, dark, like yes. com- that's the cool part of comedy, is it's supposed to be
0: like kind places. of like
1: a secret we're all keeping, you know? Yeah.
0: Have you ever seen uh Zach Galifianakis' special live at the Purple Onion? Yes,
1: yes. Like you play Piano to open that, right? Yes. That's, yes. like
0: okay. I love rooms like that. It's a basement in San Francisco that holds like maybe eighty people oh i love dude. rooms like that dude the belly room at the comedy store um by the way i got to perform there not the not the belly room i'm talking about um, the the purple onion uh, pur- yeah, yeah it wasn't called the purple onion it had gotten sold and then the person who i forget what it was called it was called like Docs something and it was like completely remodeled but i i, I got to uh, actually headline that room which was dope
1: Dude, well, how are the
0: laughs? Great, great. Low Trunky. ceilings, it has to come right back at you. Those small, dark, like candles on the table. Dark, but mm-hmm. with candles on the table. Like, that's comedy. That's what. Yes. That's how you do yes. a comedy room, dude. Dude, I would prefer I, if the entire audience was smoking. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I don't want to see your faces. I just want to hear laughter coming from a cloud of smoke. with people Yes,
1: and that's why people need to start vaping inside. We got to get this movement going because if we can get people
0: vaping inside, we could get that classic comedy <laughs> yeah. vibe back. Dude. Totally, dude. I, I'm like, just going to start vaping on stage until someone tells me not to. <laughs> you know, uh, this total Chappelle style with a vape. Yeah. Dude,
1: I, I, okay, this is so niche and off topic, but you brought up Chappelle vaping. Yeah. But the. He. I credit Chappelle with why Jewel became the, like, figurehead of vapes because he had a Jewel in that one special. That was the first time I ever saw a Jewel. Oh, did A he? lot of my friends saw a Jewel. And I, I. It's never been credited to him until this podcast. So, breaking news. I think Dave I'll Chappelle. Bet you, dude. Yeah.
0: Because it is the leading name brand. I mean, everywhere mm-hmm. you go, I mean, I travel the country and then sometimes I buy a i'll go to a gas station i'll buy a vape and mm-hmm. they have different brands every state has a different brand and everyone's like that's the good one but jewel is everywhere
1: jewel is everywhere jewel is everywhere and it is it was like for old people they don't even know that they're vapes they think they're all jewels
0: yeah yeah you guys smoking your jewel there kitties <laughs> what's that
1: one of them jewels you got in your hand there
0: yeah whatever gen gen z or x says i don't even know which one's which (laughs) oh man uh yeah dude that's what i want i want fucking smokers i want a dark Mm -hmm. room candlelight like i would love to film a special like that
1: dude i and i think oh do you think that's kind of the direction specials are heading in because more and more people are self-releasing and like if you could capture a well artistic set in one of those rooms yeah that would make for a beautiful special both visually and audibly you
0: know i agree absolutely yeah i i would love to do a, like a belly room special or a, a, mm-hmm. a, a room like the purple onion something like that like that would be ideal basements dude basements mm-hmm. it's all about the basements i love it yeah but i'm doing um Van in vancouver we're doing a it's a basement bro i'm fucking pumped um dude
1: um, And if you ever come through Nebraska, I'll have to hook you up with – there's a guy who runs shows out of basements uh, in Omaha, a basement in Omaha.
0: I love it. Hell Um, yeah. I recorded my special earlier this year in May. Mm-hmm. And um it is like halfway done. Oh, congrats man. Thanks dude. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping the audio for the album is going to be out by Christmas, but the actual footage, the, the actual special is still in post. It's like about mm-hmm. halfway, more than halfway done I'd say in terms of edit. Um and I did it at a brewery, but it was not a typical brewery, not like the ones where we do where you know the they're Mm -hmm. fermenting beer right behind you or or in the (laughs) bar area. This place is like a huge compound. It's like a huge piece of property with different levels. So like you'll go into the like you'll walk in to their property and it's just a big outdoor patio. And then they have a building over here that's a bar. Then they have like a warehouse over there that used to be a barn or I think like a mechanic shop. That's where they make the beer. Then you go downstairs, and there's an outdoor stage that they do, like, country music. And then you go back upstairs, go to the other side of the uh, property, and there's a hall with, like, a little stage, and it holds maybe 60, 70 people. Oh, fuck. Yeah, dude. And I, I recorded it in there, and that was pretty cool. It looks like a barn that they turned into a hall. And yeah. there's... Um, you know, like long table style, like a comedy mm-hmm. club. And then there's some parts of the room that are couches of little coffee tables. And people, and I have cameras set up all over, like close up on people's tables of just chilling in a couch and drinking their beer and stuff. And um, mm-hmm. the opening footage is like me just walking through the whole property to the stage and entering that room to the stage. It's mm-hmm. daytime when i filmed it because it's like a six o'clock show and it was summer it was still light out yeah and then uh when i go on stage there's windows like kind of to the side and you can see it's light out but by the time i this as as the special goes you see it keep getting darker and darker which is pretty cool i'm excited man i think that it's like what we're saying like the future of specials like it's very independent it's very uh i mean Mm -hmm. you've seen my set like it's very uh i i I, I filmed it in paso robles california which is um not northern california but kind of like mid Mm but three hours north for me and it is a wine country so they make wine there they make beer there and it's a lot of like cowboys that make their own wine and shit oh fuck (laughs) (laughs) yes that's that's a good combination yeah it was it was pretty cool there's there's like all white people there was like <laughs> not that i did that on purpose or anything but there's it's a predominantly to, uh, like, white <laughs> yeah uh but it it, it it came out pretty great it was a good set and i'm excited oh, yeah. for people to see it and i love Dude, things like that
1: i i mean you so i guess this is more of a question because now if, if you did you have an album before the special
0: I have an album, yes, it's not, uh, okay. my first album is called The Bad Guy, It you you can get it on anywhere, iTunes, Spotify.
1: So how is that different, like, recording-wise, does it feel different between, like, when you recorded your first album versus the special?
0: It's so much more work to do a special, um, and, and obviously more expensive, you know, camera, crew, guys to edit, and all that stuff like that, but... With audio, I only had to worry about, you know, one external, like a Zoom recorder plugged into the soundboard. And then we had a couple of mics planted around in the room to pick up laughter. Mm-hmm. And that was all you had to worry about. And I remember preparing for it, I used a lot of cheat sheets. As so I went to, um, do, you, do you know who Dov Davidoff is?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: In, in like the early millennium, he was like the biggest comic like comedy central's Mm -hmm. boy and i remember he recorded his special here in southern california and i got tickets to the taping and um I, i sat front row and he had um he did this theater called the el portal in north hollywood and you can't tell but there's, like, these – you know how sometimes theaters will have, like, these walls that go to, like, stairs to go up to the balcony? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So on the walls, he had these giant, like, I don't know what you call – boards? Like, mm-hmm. cardboards? And he had his set list, like, written on him on oh. each side. And they were right there. And I remember – and he was filming. And I remember seeing that and, like, the cameras – weren't catching it, that he was – he didn't want to forget his set list. Mm -hmm. So when I recorded my first audio album, I made small cardboards, Mm -hmm. and I actually put them up in the rafters of the comedy club. Like earlier in the day, I went up there with a ladder so that the audience didn't see that I was checking my set list. Hell, yeah. And um, I wasn't worried about cameras because – you know, it was only audio, mm-hmm. and the, as long as the audience didn't know. But for the actual special taping, you're way more concerned about what the audience can see. And I mm-hmm. did not have any cheat sheets; it was all up here. But mm-hmm. I was also coming off of like a year of touring and doing that hour, so I've had oh, it down. you yeah, hell yeah. So, um, yeah, so I would just say, like, you're you're with with a special, you're definitely more focused on like how is it gonna look. Mm -hmm. and i capturing the feel that you want because you don't want to be like every other special yeah because it's like a thousand i do want to capture something different like we were talking about intimacy like cool little rooms like that and and that's more what i was focused on
1: yeah i think it's like i think the cool part about specials moving this direction is it gives the comedian the like artistic freedom to be like Wait a second. Now I get I want it to now also look the way I want it to look. Yeah. Like uh, the comedian actually has control over every process where before it was more like the comedian I, I don't know. I guess it, just hearing comedians talk about like the HBO era.
0: Yeah. The HBO, Comedy Central era. Central, yeah. Showtime. It's like Yeah. yeah are... It's
1: like they were, they're were, they're working for a gatekeeper to give them the green light yeah. to buy their jokes. Mm-hmm. And now the comedian has the artistic ability and freedom to be like also i want to capture this thing about comedy that i love not just the thing that this company thinks will make the most money you know yeah
0: Yeah, nowadays um, you hear more that the comedian is involved with the post production Mm -hmm. um, and in the room with editing or in the room i don't i don't know if every comic still does that but i would say it's definitely more acceptable now and i think that uh i think Louis ck kind of I don't. I don't want to say bridged us into that, but he edited. I would say he did. himself. Yeah, he like yeah. self did everything. Between and that's what the, Bill
1: Burr does too, right? Bill Burr does it too now.
0: Bill Burr is a. I mean, Bill Burr is connected with the streaming monster Netflix. So yeah. you know what I mean. So all his shits on Netflix. So I'm. I. I'm not sure how much say or. Oh, well, I mean, he. he I
1: just remember hearing in an interview that he edited his movie.
0: Oh really yeah i didn't know that yeah uh but yeah yeah, i know louis ck during that transition of like your comedy central hbo specials to the streaming monsters louis ck just started self-producing on his own website for like five bucks you can just get a special which i think he realized that he was a comics comic Mm -hmm. and uh, if he had 100,000 fans he had 200,000 fans that were comics yeah uh, you know what I mean, so he, he it was he, I, he made his first million, I believe I think he said he made four million dollars by self producing and just charging mm-hmm. five bucks for it, and he edited all of them, so I think that's a great tool is if you know how to edit things and that's how mm-hmm. podcasting helps you and doing stand up reels and learning how to edit and all that stuff like it's mm-hmm. definitely something to get good at, even if you watch the show Louie, mm-hmm. you'll see at the end that he directed it, wrote it edited it uh you know. You can see him, yeah, in the in the in the post, like credits and stuff like that. They would show him like in the ocean during that ocean scene, you know, with holding the camera, (laughs) trying to get that shot. It's insane. Yeah,
1: it's it's he's he's I, Louis C.K. is truly, I think, the artistic juggernaut of comedy. Like Mm he's he's moved the art form into the modern era as more than I think anyone has.
0: I agree. Yeah. And I think it's so important for comedians to learn as much of this stuff as you can on your own because the mm-hmm. phone doesn't ring. Uh, people don't help you. And if you're waiting on somebody to do it for you, it's never going to happen. And you've got to make it yeah, happen yourself.
1: That, that's, that's literally my story. Is like, when I, I, wanna, I just love doing comedy. So it's, and I quickly realized, hey, I'm in Nebraska. I have to learn how to do all these parts myself. Yep. Like, I don't. I'm never going to get uh, management here, you know? So you got to learn how to do each of these things. 100%. Or you have to find someone who can. And it just opens the door to just collaborate with more and more
0: artists. 100% agree. That's a good message, I think, to leave this episode on. Um, Oh, yeah. I just got a warning that my battery is about to die and I don't have my plug. (laughs) Uh, So quickly, before we get cut off here... Ben, thank you for being on. Where can people find you? You want them to find you on Instagram, or what's the deal?
1: Yes, yes, you can find me on Instagram at Benny Putts on Twitter at Benny at Benny underscore Putts, uh, and those are probably the best places to go. You got and any shows coming me. up? um i i don't have any book shows right now as far as ones that uh are like a set date but every week on tuesday if any of the listeners happen to be in the nebraska area every tuesday at storm cellar in lincoln nebraska i run a showcase uh uh, down in the basement at storm cellar we're just talking about basement rooms so come catch out a
0: comedy show lincoln nebraska hit him up Mm -hmm. um and guys, you can see me this weekend, Friday and Saturday, Massachusetts. I'm coming to Worcester October 7th and then October 8th I will be in Foxborough outside the Gillette Stadium at Wormtown Brewing. You can get your tickets at uh, augustinocomedian.com or HomeschooledPod.com. Click on tour and then um, and then you can see me in Vancouver, Washington October 29th, the Saturday before Halloween. It's in a basement too. It's going to be lit. <laughs> That's how comedy's supposed to be. Let me show you how to do it in a dark place. Not on basement. no goddamn cruise ships, okay? <laughs> We're in basements. Hell yeah. Uh, and that's it, everybody. Follow me on social media so you can see all the shit I post. A lot of content, stand-up, sketches, uh, cooking, whatever the fuck you want, man. I, we got it over Hell there. Hell yeah. Um, at oh, Augustino yeah. Zoida across the board. I want to thank you guys for tuning in today. We know you got a lot of options out there for podcasts, so it means the world to us. And I want to thank Ben Putz, Benny P. For stopping in today yes, sir always a pleasure talking with you dude i enjoy your company i think i had the most fun in lincoln just because i was like done with my shows for the weekend and just having a drink with you and hang out with you i Hell love hanging yeah. out with comics afterward when it's all yes, the stress dude. is done you know and and uh it was a good time dude any anytime, but, uh yeah. anytime i come through it, it you know you you can always fucking open the show and um Hell we'll be yeah. in touch dude we'll be in touch i'll get some more shit for you
1: absolutely man good luck on your shows thanks for having me on those shows and having me on the podcast man it's a blast go catch a show from augustino guys i've seen the hour it's good it's funny thanks, so man. go check it out man
0: i appreciate you dude i'll see you later oh yeah see you later man peace have good one thank you guys Bye. for tuning into homeschool podcast i'm augustino Zoida. don't forget that only love can save the world and continue to come back here where we document the journey <laughs> see you guys next time peace